Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, November 16. Seek guidance less from reason than from inspired feeling. For although suppressed emotion will distort the clarity of your perception, inspired feeling is intuition. In everything you do, tune into that clarity and you'll always be guided correctly. There's a lot, again, there's a lot in here. Now, suppressed emotion completely confuses the mind because we don't know what we're really feeling and we make up all these reasons to support whatever prejudice is in place. And if the prejudice is in place because we have to, we have to keep these emotions below the conscious level and we build a whole strata around them, we really don't know whether we're coming or going by the end of that. And this is why in all spiritual life, even in the Bhagavad Gita, you know, this centuries-old spiritual scripture of ancient India, Krishna says to Arjuna, of, of, what, of what will it serve you merely to suppress? I mean, you think of renunciation, you think of sort of disciplining yourself in all these ways, but no true teacher ever tells you just to suppress what you feel, because it just drives it underground, makes you unconscious of what what your motivations are, and just leads to endless confusion. Your, your, cause, your cause is here, your action is here, and there's no connection to it. It's, it's, a, it's just a mess, let's just put it that way. And so a lot of times, the way I would think about it, for example, I, this, this very unfortunate short-lived marriage that I witnessed from a distance, two individuals, both of whom had so much suppressed emotion in their lives because of their upbringing, because they hadn't yet done the necessary work to really gain self-understanding, self-reflection. So both of them, the way I I would articulate it, is they didn't know where their pain came from. They didn't realize that, you know, this trigger point idea that people are going to abandon me, or this extraordinary sensitivity when any criticism is offered they didn't understand that you know this came from either childhood or even past lives, but that it was an inherent feeling within that was always there. And it was always there maybe because you could see it in this lifetime or maybe you could intuit it from past incarnations, but the, the cup was, was right to the brim already. And then if somebody just dropped so much as a hair or a feather into it, the, it overflowed. But it overflowed, not because the feather was dropped in it. It was because the cup was already so full of all these painful feelings that had never been faced and resolved. Now, it's very hard to face and resolve. So just suppressing is something that we try. So the poor dear souls, both of whom were very nice people, when they got together, each of them, they just kept hurting each other. And what would happen was, I feel... I'm fine, you say something, I hurt, it happened sequentially, it must have been caused by what you said. And so then there would be this, why did you speak to me like that, it hurts my feelings so much when you talk like that, 
I didn't really mean anything. And just, you know, it was a very, very short-lived relationship because they didn't know where their pain was coming from. If you don't know where your pain is coming from, if you can say, you know, I've, even if you say I've had, I've had 16 past lives in which I was left as an orphan and I'm very sensitive about being abandoned, then you know where your pain is coming from. And your partner or your friends know that you're not reasonable on the point and they need to behave accordingly, but you're not blaming them. You know where you stand. I had this period of time where I developed this sudden fear of my travel companions leaving me alone in the airport. And I traveled a lot and it was at that time and it was just like I would get, when people would leave me, I mean, I like to sit at the gate and wait for my plane. Other people that I would travel with often like to wander around. But it got so that I had to make them swear that they would absolutely be back by an exact certain minute. And even as those minutes were coming, I would sort of start standing up and looking around, totally out of my mind, completely unreasonable. And it it took me a while to realize that nobody was doing anything to me, that I had just moved into some weird karma that wasn't because they didn't care about me. I mean, heavens, they weren't going to miss the plane. I mean, what a goofy thing. But it was still deep in me that I would be abandoned. Suppressed emotion completely confuses reason. Later I had some psychic person give me a past life, which I think was completely true, about being abandoned as a child in a railroad station. I mean, I think it really happened, and I think it came due, and I had to, had to sort it out in this lifetime. So suppressed emotions are very confusing, and uh, reason always follows feeling. And the thing about suppressed emotion is it's so strong, and it's really happening. It's just not happening in the present moment. So it's not the truth of the feeling. It's the, it's the timing of it. It's really there, but if it's suppressed, it happened sometime in the past. And now we're trying to get it to fit with present circumstances, but it won't fit with present circumstances because it's independent of present circumstances. It's very complicated. Or it's built up. That's the other one. You suppress your feelings 50 times, and the 51st time you have an absolute meltdown over something that's trivial because, once again, the cup is filled too full. So this is, generally speaking, a bad idea. It's a very bad idea. That's what the Bhagavad Gita said. It won't serve you. It's a, it's a, it's a short-term cheat that ends up accruing a tremendous amount of interest and then causes lots of things to blow up later. Now, as distinct from that, Swami speaks of inspired feeling. So some people, because emotions are a little messy and confusing, um, confuse it with feeling and then just sort of just want to go by reason and don't want to deal with any of it. And unfortunately, we all know people like that who just don't want to deal with the feeling aspect of things. But spiritually speaking, that's a very bad idea also. Because feeling is fundamental to who we are. The, The definition of God that is the most dynamic and the most Accurate and useful is sat-chid-ananda, ever-existing, ever-conscious, ever-new joy. Our Our very nature, when all of these conditions are gone, is feeling. It's not just sort of, I don't even know how to think about it, being cold reason. It's It's not like we just are sort of some intellectual thought. We're a feeling. Feeling is what moves us. Why do we do anything? Because we're trying 
to increase happiness and avoid suffering. Even people who refuse to deal with the emotional side of life and are just going to go for reason are doing it because they're trying to avoid suffering and have greater happiness, however they define it. We are totally motivated by our feeling nature. If we didn't feel, we wouldn't be motivated to do anything. Think about it. I mean, thoughts are interesting, but they're not that interesting. What really moves us is feeling. That's why in the Indian, uh, the Sanatana Dharma understanding, they talk about Shakti. And Shakti is the feminine. Shakti is the force that causes action. You have the masculine and the masculine needs Shakti. Now, we're not necessarily talking about men and women, but that's how it often comes down. We're talking about archetypal male and female. The archetypal masculine is the re- is reason oriented. The archetypal feminine is feeling oriented, and the and the feeling is the shakti. The shakti moves the reason, because otherwise the reason just thinks about it. It's not motivated to do anything. Why would it do anything? It can just sit there and think, and that's why there is that saying: behind every great man, there's a great woman. But the meaning of that, regardless of the, the political correctness or lack of, of that statement nowadays, is that the masculine will contemplate, will reflect, but won't act until the feeling nature activates it. So the feeling nature can, can lead us terribly astray, but to suppress it or to deny it also leads us terribly astray. Because our inspired feelings, and this is the important word, the uplifted, inspired feelings, that's what unites us with the world around us. The problem with reason, the problem with egoic reasoning, is that it separates. If we're too rational, we're just separating. These are the pros, these are the cons, this is you, this is me, this is my interest, this is your interest. Whereas Satchitananda, the, the true inspired feeling nature, is when you know we stand in the middle of a beautiful forest and we really can't tell where we end and the forest begins. We hear a, a really beautiful piece of music and we feel not only unified with the music, but we feel united with everybody in the audience who's listening to it with us or, and with every instrumentalist who's playing it because we have all come together in this vibration of music and if, if it has in it, within it, that unifying characteristic, not the pounding egoic beat of so much modern music that just affirms our egoic self, but the kind of inspired feeling that makes us just one with the whole universe. And that's where real understanding comes from. You see, that's what intuition is. Intuition transcends. A reason takes everything apart and tries to put it back together. Intuition perceives directly. It perceives directly where we're going. And everything is going toward harmonious resolution in unity. Now, we may be incarnations away from that, but nonetheless, every human being is heading in the same direction toward harmonious resolution in unity. And when, we, when we're in our uplifted feeling nature, with every person in every situation we see, we sense that. And, and when we sense that, that's when intuition comes in. That's when the knowledge of what we should be doing comes. Not the idea of what we should be doing, but just the knowing that this is the right decision. This also enables us to approach all of our decisions with the right vibrations. 
And it, that intuition is calm, uplifted feeling. It's a wonderful thing to contemplate because what is intuition? You know, we speak of it as this sort of sudden flash and elsewhere in these pages, Swamiji has talked about concentrating at the spiritual eye, receiving it in the heart. But what is the motivating force that makes that possible? You see, we lift ourselves into attunement with Satchitananda. We lift ourselves into the vibration of calm, inspired feeling in which everything comes together as a unity. And then from that unity, we know. Isn't that what, isn't that what gives us knowledge about other things? We understand it. And how do we understand it? Somehow we feel simpatico with it. We feel in attunement with it. It doesn't feel like a stranger. It doesn't feel like a stranger to us. I certainly know when I'm able to come up with good decisions, especially where other people are concerned, is when I I can feel it, when I feel what it feels like to be them. I can feel what their reality is and whether it's whether I'm dealing with a, a, you know, a controversy in a business situation, with a personal interaction, with a natural problem, you know, of the natural world or something like that, it's when I can feel our our, our shared humanity or our shared relationship in God. Then all of a sudden, I mean, I don't know. I mean, think about how to, to to say this. I can feel an actual shift within me. The shift between boundaries and holding firm and just really, I don't need to do any of that. I can just let it all down. I mean, there's a certain kind of uh, defensiveness that we don't even know we're holding, where we're just defending our individuality. We're just standing firm in our ego. Why? Why would we do that? When all of a sudden I let down my sense of separation and just see it from your point of view. You know, people, even if they're terribly misguided, they make sense from their own point of view. Everybody makes sense from their own point of view, otherwise they wouldn't behave that way. And the more we're able to get into an uplifted, inspired feeling, the more that unity becomes self-evident to us. And when that unity is self-evident, That's where good decisions come from. Even if they're decisions that have to go against what other people, what that very person you're feeling close to may want, they 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 sense your goodwill is the only way I can put it, because you're not separating yourself from them. You know, it's like I would they know I would do it for you if I could, but I'm not able to. There's you'll you'll just see it's a remarkable combination and, and well worth experimenting with. Seek guidance less from reason than from inspired feeling. For although suppressed emotions will distort the clarity of your perception, inspired feeling is intuition. In everything you do, tune into that clarity and you'll always be guided correctly. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.